We know the story of Jesus multiplies what he gives. Okay, you may not have $20,000, $40,000 budget or a record label backing you, but I'm asking you to do it and I will provide, I will multiply. Hey, Happy New Year. Welcome to the Loop Community Podcast, where we're passionate about providing you with quality and affordable resources to help your band sound great, but most of all, to help you sound like you. My name is Matt McCoy, and I'm here with my co-host, Derek. How's it going, Derek? It's good. Derek, what are you looking forward to that's brand new in the new year? Brand new. Um, With Loop, I am very excited for the new Prime design. Uh, We've given little hints at it done a lot of testing on it and i am very excited for it to release yeah it looks great much more updated and cool and sleek nicer yeah. to look at all day long when you have to make your set list i know it's been about five years or something since we've updated the design of prime yeah so it was kind of time for a fresh coat of paint for sure and make it look a little bit more 2019 yeah prime is going to the gym start looking in shape i'm looking forward to you know just loop community just Last month, we released our new website Yes, where we rebuilt the entire thing from scratch. Mm-hmm. It's in a way better place now in that like, sure. we're going to be able to add tons of new features. We updated our branding also just to kind of give it a fresh new look, new logo, new name. You know, I just think that there is something about a new year. I'm excited to kind of go into 2019 with all these new things yeah. um, because there's something about going into a new year with a fresh start. Gives you a blank canvas, a new slate to keep building and keep developing this community. So it's exciting. We have a we have an interview today with Matt Ross, which I think is a really great interview to kind of kick off the new year because you know we talk about team building, you know, developing songwriting at your church, and I think it can be inspirational to some worship leaders who are listening who, yeah, just want to like kick off the new year with some fresh ideas of how to build your worship team at your church. Awesome. So let's jump into that interview now. Matt Ross, what's up, man? Welcome to the Loop Kennedy Podcast. Hello, good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, it's good to see you again. Hey, let everybody know who's listening just a little bit about your background and what you, what you do. Well, I'm the worship pastor at Pikes Peak Christian Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I've been doing this for 16 years. I started in Chicago. I was at a church there and went to DePaul University and all that and studied jazz guitar. So I have a lot of connections in Chicago. But uh, so did that for a while. Then I was in LA and now I'm here. I've been at this church for coming up on seven years. That's awesome. And we actually just recently released Pike's Peak Multitrack Stems because you guys did an album. Tell us about that a little bit. Yes, we have a brand new album and I've done many albums over the years, but uh, under the church name, this is our second album called King of Heaven and uh, totally 100% original written music, mostly by people here in our church and our team. Um, but then a couple other worship leaders that collaborated on this as well from around the country. So we're super pumped to have it out. Super pumped to have Loop Community partnering with us and uh, love you guys and, and love what you do. So 
Totally, yeah, man. Things are good. We love getting up these projects that churches are doing. And um, can you tell us even just a little bit about like the process of putting that together? Like, how long did it take you from concept to actually having a final product to give people? Yeah, man. Roughly, the total timeline was a year from the time that we decided we're gonna go for it and start writing. And then, like you know, it's kind of fun and loose in the beginning. Let's just write and see what happens. Uh, but then after a couple months, we're like, man, we need to set a deadline and because this could go on forever and never finish type of thing. Yeah, it's hard to know and, when it's done. Right, exactly. Yeah, and you can almost just never stop if, if you don't set a deadline, uh, which I was really glad we did because we got to that real close to the deadline and kind of was all like decision time. We could go on another six months if we wanted. But um, so anyway, yeah, set the release for October 21st, which was two Sundays ago. And uh, it is done and out for the world. Now, was it something that you had to convince your senior pastor or your church leadership of like why you need to do this? Or was it something that was a pretty like core value mission of the church to do? Um, I would say it's more on the convince side. It's not like I had to fight for it. Yeah. But it's also not something that was asked of me to do um, and say like, this is a strategy we're going to get behind and put it at the front burner type of thing. So this was more something that I felt the Lord had called me to do really kind of throughout my career as a Christ follower. But so I've done, like I said, many albums. So I've really presented it to my pastor and to our executive team and said, this is what I feel God's calling me to do. And our team is on board. And how do we navigate this with everything else that's going on? That's awesome, man. It's a great project. And I know that people are going to really enjoy listening to it and playing with the tracks. So you're a worship pastor at the church. What is your what are your responsibilities look like there? So um, I'm the worship pastor. I, I have a seat on the executive team as well, which deals with all things church, kind of higher level decision making for all ministries and direction and all that, which oftentimes, you know, a lot of people think like being a worship leader on staff at a church is we're going to sit around and play our guitars and, and yeah. worship and pray all day long. And yeah. And uh, that is not the case, uh, especially serving at an executive level. But really, it comes down to I'm responsible for all things worship, primarily Sunday morning as our, our main outreach to our community. I have a couple different services, and we have like youth worship and some other site, like midweek ministries that have worship as well. And so I oversee all of that. Uh, I have a part-time staff person and then just a whole bunch of volunteers from tech to band and vocals and all right. that stuff. So. Pretty run-of-the-mill, pretty standard. Yeah, so how in the world were you balancing all of that and doing a side project for the album? Yeah, man, good question. It's uh, it's a balancing act for sure, and it's, it's very difficult, and there's not really a standard answer. But I can tell you that in the past, I've done albums where it was 100% my responsibility from the engineering, the recording, the producing, writing, all of it, and that took forever, like multiple years and then by the time you're done, you kind of hate it and you never want to play it, you know, for your church. So this time, God really blessed us with an awesome young man on our team who plays drums and keys and everything. And he's just got a gift for producing and mixing and writing. And so we partnered with him and just asked him to produce it. And he took a huge burden off of me. Uh, so I could really just kind of act as the executive producer while I'm doing my job at the church. And so they both are together. Like this is a church project for our church. But as I'm sure all of your listeners know, like Sundays come every seven days. And just because they're married together doesn't mean that you can just stop, you know, leading worship on Sunday mornings for three months while you work on your album. You can't do that. 
Right. So we just really, we're trying to be creative and be efficient, but also realistic with our timeline to say, yeah, we're not going to get this done in three months. We need to fit it in really in the margins. But also there's other things that you can marry together where there's team building and, and things that you need to do for your worship team that you can use this process for, the process of songwriting and just hanging out together, getting to know each other and and writing a song, you get a song and you get to be a worship pastor for your team at the same time. So stuff like that. Right. What would you say are some of the things you found work really well in team building at your church? I would say the top thing is worshiping together. It's real important to me. One of our top values is that when we have a rehearsal, which we do every week on Thursday nights, we're not there just to learn songs and make sure the sound works. You know, we're there to practice worshiping together. And the other part of that, just a real practical part, is we always take about 20, 30 minutes at the beginning of our rehearsal just to hang out and see how everybody's doing and how we can pray for each other. So, like, that's that's a built-in time every week without fail. We're going to do that. And that way we're not starting our worship together on Sunday morning on the stage. We've already been in the presence of God together for, for a while. But then outside of that, right, there's always just hanging out and having fun going to people's houses or yeah we have a small group that a lot of the guys from my team attend at my house so it's a little bit less like professional and totally. more more personal so yeah and that kind of builds camaraderie and it builds the team naturally because people want to hang out together they want to be together and spend the weekend together basically playing and volunteering exactly so for songwriting at your church how does this work with writing the songs like are you writing songs in during office hours or out of office hours or Yes, to all. The time of the week is pretty structured as far as executive team meetings, planning meetings for our Sunday services, other leadership meetings are are all kind of like scheduled each week. And then outside of that is some freedom with my schedule. So during those, those more loose hours, I would try to schedule with writers. So most of the songs that we wrote from our team were, I would say, were probably during office hours or were like hanging out after rehearsal and said, hey, I was just thinking about this line that maybe could tag on to the chorus of that song or whatever. But there are other experiences, though, with the people who weren't part of our worship team that, like, for instance, you and I met at a co-write retreat. And two of the songs, well, one of the songs came out of that retreat with people that I met there, the song Just Jesus, uh, with like total strangers had never met them before and and just got to write a song within a two-hour period. And it was like God was on it. And we're like, man, that's a great song. And so we decided we wanted to put that on the album. There was another co-write kind of collaboration with uh, a guy named Tommy Walker, who's in uh, Los Angeles. That uh, was a couple of years ago. So just just always networking and, and meeting people who love to write and and just you know exercising the muscle of writing wherever that happens. I just want to be ready and available to you know take advantage. Right. I know that there's probably worship leaders who are listening who maybe are on staff at a church where they don't feel like they have the support of their pastor Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, to create and write original music. And I've been on staff at churches where sometimes it's the other case where they actually really do encourage you to do that. What has been your experience with that? I have the same experience um, where like my church in Chicago had just incredibly encouraging pastors that really wanted, they were like, I don't even care how good it is. We just want original music, period. And like try to make it good, but we're just so excited about what God's doing in you and, and the team that we support you no matter what. And then other churches where it's not quite 
like that. Nobody's ever discouraged it, but it wasn't really on their radar. So for me, it came down to, I was in church one Sunday listening to my pastor preach about the story that Jesus told of everybody's hungry. We have no food to feed them. Let's send them home. And Jesus says, no, you feed them, right? And they're like, well, all we have is a couple of pieces of bread and a couple of fish for thousands and thousands of people. Here you go, right? That kid just brings his offering. It says like, this is totally insufficient and it's not going to feed everybody, but I'm giving it to you, Jesus, anyway. And then we know the story, Jesus multiplies what he gives and everybody gets fed. And when I was listening to that, I've heard that story out of the Bible many times, but that particular day, God convicted me, honestly, to say like, Okay, you may not have $20,000, $40,000 budget or a record label backing you or even pastors like asking you to do this, but I'm asking you to do it and I will provide, I will multiply. Yeah. And so that was actually two albums ago where all I had was like two microphones and a, and a little like preamp, you know, that I would make practice tracks yeah. for my team, like harmonies for the vocalists. Yeah. And it was like, okay, those are my, my loaves and two fish and Yep. Let's do this. Like, let's see what happens. And and that's really what it came down to is like, do I need the, the support of man or a pastor? It'd be great to have those. And those are nice. But when it comes down to it, I have the support of God. Yeah. So whether these songs ever get out of my, my phone voice memo or not, I'm just being obedient yeah. to God. And he's, he's asked me to to express my love for him through this artwork of, of songs. And so that's it, right? Like Totally. And I'm sure there's worship leaders listening who write songs. They've, you know, have a dream of doing an album or recording them. You know, you write songs and then they just sit on your phone, like you said, or in your notebook and like they never get out. Yeah. And there's something though that stops worship leaders from actually taking a step forward to actually recording them and getting it released. Yeah. Did you ever think about releasing these as a Matt Ross thing or what made you decide to do it as a church project versus a Matt Ross project? Because this isn't part of your job, right? I mean, yeah, it's not in my job description technically, which, yeah, that could open up a whole nother conversation too, which, which I'm happy to go down that road of just like, sometimes our job descriptions are vague in a good way and in a bad way as well. Like, I mean, we could justify doing a lot of things under our job description that may not be the best or exactly what God is, is wanting us to do. So anyway, that's a good question though. Like, why didn't I do a Matt Ross? Right. If it's a side project, why wasn't it a Matt Ross thing? Why, why did you decide to connect it to the church? Because I am passionate about the church. And I guess I'm way more passionate about the local church than I'm about myself. Not to say that <laughs> yeah. anybody else is uh, like any other artist who's under their own name, uh, you know, they're, they're doing anything wrong, not at all. But I just, I love the local church. I love my church and the unique expression of it. And my vision of this album and just being a creative worship leader is I want to expand way beyond me. And I believe the best place to do that is the local church. So that someday when I'm, when I'm no longer on this earth, that Pikes Peak worship or, or wherever I may have been um, throughout my life is still saying, yeah, we, we have the vision to sing a new song to the Lord that many will see and fear and put their trust in Him. And, and God has given us a voice to steward, to, to help the church worship Him and also you know, teach, teach some theology. A lot of times people learn their theology through the songs they sing just as much as hearing a message. And to me, that's like, that's just so much more exciting than me saying like, this is my thing and, and, uh, and it's right. cool and it's God, God honoring. But yeah, I just, and I don't know, that may change someday, but um, yeah, yeah. I just love the church. 
So what would you say to a worship leader who has their own songs that they've written? They're on staff at a church. They really want to like, they don't know what to do with these songs. <laughs> like yeah. it's their passion. Like they feel like it's like their God creative calling, you know, but they have this job that they're doing, you know, every week to put together these services that Sunday rolls around every Sunday. And, you know, what would you tell a worship leader who has a bunch of songs? Like what, what do they even do with them? Yeah. Did you play these at your church mm-hmm. first or? Okay. We did not do them first. And the reason for that, I think that's a good question. And I, I want to get to your other question too. But the reason is in previous albums, like I would do the songs at the church first and be like, oh yeah, we like those. Let's record them. And then like, like I said, two years later, they're finally done. And they're like old songs by then, you know, it's, it's not new anymore. So for us, we decided we're going to test the songs amongst our circle and people that we trust. And then once the album is released, then we will release the songs to the church as well. So it's a little risky, right? Because you're not sure if they're going to land or not, but there are ways to kind of test that before you put all the effort in. So to your question though about the, the worship leader, I would advise him or her to really wrestle with God about what he's calling them to do with those songs. There's a lot of potential different motivations for writing a song from, I just want to worship you, God, or I just want to do a devotional like on some scripture and it's kind of cool to write a song on John chapter six. Or it could go all the way to, if I really look into my heart, I kind of want to be famous and I want the notoriety of the guy who wrote that song that everybody sings at church. And, and so that's something that we all have to wrestle with and really only God can answer that for you. Like, God, God, why did you give me a gift to write? So if God is saying, I want you to write these songs so other people can hear them and worship me through them, then I would challenge that person to say, let's find a reason to do it and a way to do it instead of finding an excuse not to. So what that means, like so many times we're just, we're tempted to say, okay, I have a song or I want to write a song, but my pastor is not supporting me or I don't have enough money or my band's not good enough to play it or whatever. I don't have a big following on social media. Those things may be true, but God is bigger than those things. And those are just excuses. And so this is really a good opportunity for us to say, if God's called me to do it, then I have to have faith with the stuff that I can't see how it's going to work out. And it really just comes down to that. If nothing ever happens with them, though, I have experienced so many times with a song that like, I presented to my team or something, like guys that I'm writing with, like, hey, what do you think about this? I'm passionate about it. And they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so, man. Like, we have some other ideas that are more fun. But those songs that didn't make it past the writing room were like, very important to me and just me working out my relationship with God. And that's valuable enough right there. I can, I can go back and listen to that song that I wrote or, or play it. And, and it takes me right back to that moment in my life where I was, I was at a crossroads and I wrote this song as a declaration that I'm not going to turn back. I'm going to follow Jesus or, or I'm going to dig deeper in my marriage. And no matter what, I believe in you, God, to do the breakthrough. And thank you, Lord. Like That's more than, more than valuable, right? Nobody has ever sung that song in a church ever, but it has incredible value to me. Hmm. So right. that, that should be okay. Somewhere meant just to be between you and God and not. Yeah. And I would also say though, like the only outlet that you have is not just your church. Like we have this great thing called the internet, right? That you can upload your songs on YouTube for free and, yeah. and see what happens. Just like that, that young boy brought his loaves and fish to Jesus and said, here's what I have. 
do with it what you want. And we see God do that time and time again. And what a time to be alive right now where like no time in history has it ever been that possible to reach that many people with like minimal effort and minimal cost. So yeah, I would just challenge people to say, let's not make excuses. Let's believe God yeah, and, and right. let him deal with the outcomes. I know, because I think a lot of people might feel like they're in a job where they are just obeying <laughs> and doing the, you know, the job and not able to creatively you know, express what they feel like God's called them to do. Yeah. And the, the question is like, well, how do you mix the two or are they separate, you know? Right. Obviously, I think that you can mix the two. Um, but I would add, though, to it, just because this has been my, my process in my heart, like I, I have all those temptations. Like I want to be known. I want to be famous. I want everybody to sing my songs. I deal with all of that. And God hasn't necessarily called me to do that. But one thing I know that he's called me to do is be humble and to serve him. And so for me, it's been so important to say, God, it doesn't really matter. Even though I do have a creative gift and I do want to write and, and all that, like ultimately I just want you to be praised and I will surrender my artistic vision and desire, I'll even surrender my gifts just so you can be praised. And it, typically, in my experience, when you come at it with that heart and with that posture, God says, okay, now I'm ready to, to use the gifts that I've given you. If you're going to use these gifts in any way for your own glory, that's tainting what I've given you. And so I'm not interested is basically how right. God has spoken to me. Totally. So yeah, and I've just talked to a lot of guys, a lot of people in worship that are like, hey man, my artistic vision is the most important thing in the world. So everybody needs to just let me do my thing. And, um, and that's really not the heart of worship, right? Like we are here to humble ourselves and point to Jesus. Yep. It really doesn't matter who wrote the song. So right. Jesus deserves all the attention. In your journey, which came first, worship leading or songwriting? I would say songwriting. Yeah, songwriting. Fell in love with music as a teenager and was into just playing guitar and singing and writing with my little, you know, garage band yep, thing and right. pursuing that. Got into jazz music, pursued writing and all that and just loving improvising and all that. But um, I, yeah, I didn't even really have a context for worship or worship leading, because um, I grew right. up in a church that doesn't really have those terms. So when I met those pastors in, in Chicago and started attending their church, they opened my eyes to things like Hillsong and like excellent good music that is for the glory of God. And I was like, whoa, now you have my attention. Right. I want to ask you about this picture that's hanging up on the wall behind you, because I can't stop looking at it. Yeah. And to give everybody an idea of what's hanging up behind him, it's like this massive, probably like three foot by four foot painting of a ton of sheet music and notes all over the page, like in a very chaotic, <laughs> random fashion, almost like you took 10 overhead transparencies of songs and they're, they're just all laying on top of each other. And then on top in big, bold letters, it just says Jesus with a period. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to you, Matt, what does that painting mean? What is it representing? What does it speak to you when you look at that? Yeah, man. Dude, you nailed it. Hopefully, I don't know if people will be able to see this, but that was a wonderful explanation. That's exactly what it is. My wife, Valentine, actually made that for me for my office. And um, it is, it means a lot to me. It is a whole, exactly what you said, a whole bunch of different songs actually from, I think it's from 
Beethoven's different symphonies. But yeah, just laid over each other and kind of a, a mess, and you can tell it's music. But Jesus is bold and over it all. And it really summarizes exactly what I was just trying to communicate of Jesus is the king, even over my, my artistic expression. He is the one who is in control and always gets his way as far as I'm concerned. And so I have to surrender my desire to do things my way to his will. And there's also, though, I know that sounds like really kind of hard-nosed, which I guess is something that I need because maybe I'm hard-nosed, but there's also a beauty in that as well, where just looking at that painting is kind of captivating, right? Because like, even though Jesus is the King, God is our, our Father who is good and loving and compassionate and, and super creative, like the most creative being that ever existed. And, and He loves our music. He loves our artistic expressions. And celebrate some and mm -hmm. so like it's not just jesus is in charge and you need to just like bow down and give it all over it's more like he's like give me give me what i gave you to do right like i want it i love it just like any good dad would do for his son or daughter yeah so anyway my wife made it too it's it's an original and uh it's special for that reason because she's awesome so i love it man i kept looking at it and i'm thinking wow that is a really cool painting and there's a lot of different ways you can look at it i was thinking you know it's almost like just the beautiful chaos of life in a way and like God's like a great mm. composer, you know, and putting all these notes together. And, and I was looking at each line thinking like maybe each line is like a season of life, you know, and some goes up, some go down mm. as, as these notes rise and fall. And yeah, but man. over it all is, is Jesus. And it's like, a, it's pretty awesome, man. I got to get myself a copy of that. That's Dude, pretty cool. That's so good too. Cause that reminds me of, you know, when we're talking about not making excuses, but, but finding reasons and finding ways to do stuff. When you think about, the musical notes that there are only 12 notes in music like and then they just repeat octave after octave but right there are only 12 notes and you look at this picture and you see all of the music that's been created in, yeah. in the history of man yeah it's unbelievable how how creative people have been with with limited notes. resources right 12 notes and unbelievable how how god is the same way like it's just really your perspective god sees ways for things to happen where we sometimes see there's no way yeah and you saw that i want to look at god from that perspective yeah he can do anything right i just want to get on board with what he's doing instead of getting in the way yeah that's awesome man what's like your favorite song from this album i want to play a clip for everybody listening and tell us just your favorite song from the album and maybe just a little quick story behind it. <clears throat> Man, my favorite. I would say, uh, you're putting me to it, but if I have to answer, I'd say King of Heaven, which is the, the title track, the first song, because this is a song that uh, I co-wrote with Austin Gasper, who's the producer of the album. 20-year-old, never produced anything before, and just slayed this album, just made an absolutely beautiful piece of work, piece of art for God. And uh, he and I wrote that song together as just our heart was simple as it sounds. We just want to praise God. We just want a song that gives us the words to simply praise God. Whereas other songs, we maybe have a specific theme or a specific thought to, to pursue or scripture. But this was like, no, we just, like Jesus said, the most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, your mind, and your strength. And and so we sing that in the verse, right? All my heart, all my soul belongs to you. You're worthy of it all. 
be exalted over all. So that was really the heart of the album is we just want to praise God. And I loved collaborating with Austin on this. Like Austin and I worked very closely through the whole project. And that song really kind of summarizes the beauty of all that hard work and, and what God did. So that's my favorite. That's awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining us. It's been good talking. I'm sure this has been encouraging to a lot of worship leaders. And we're going to go ahead and take a listen to King of Heaven now. Hey community, our feature producer this month is Brad Speed. Brad is an active member of the community. He lives in West Michigan, where he's a worship pastor and songwriter. Let's hear from him now. What's up, everybody? My name is Brad Speed. I'm a husband, a father, worship leader, songwriter, and a loop producer. I've been using the resources from Loop Community for years, and I started working as a producer just about a year ago in early 2018. Since I started building loops, I've seen growth in myself as a musician and a worship leader, and it provides an awesome creative outlet for me as well. I'm so thankful to be a part of something that ultimately can be used to serve the church body outside of the four walls that I lead in on a Sunday morning. I am LC. Thanks, Brad. Now let's listen to the track he created for Living Hope by Phil Wickham. This is Community Talk. All right, Derek, what did you think of that interview with Matt Ross? It was good. He had a lot to share, um, some encouraging things, some good ideas and inspiration, but also a lot of practical things. Yeah, definitely. I really liked that he said, he talked about when his church started making the album and they had this like three month timeline, like we're going to make this album in three months. And then they all realized, oh, we still have to lead worship every seven days. And I think a lot of people are in that same boat. They want to write songs. They want to make an album with their church. But worship leading is every seven days and you have to do your same schedule. And so he said, fit it in the margins, right? which is really good. Just find that time, carve it out. It won't just happen, but you can find it. And then just have a realistic timeline. Yeah, If If you're pushing yourself and you're like, if we don't finish this in three months, like it doesn't have to be stressful. A year, like maybe 2019 is the year that you're going to have an album. Maybe it's the year you're just going to have one song recorded with your church. Yeah, yep. I think it does come down to just prioritizing and making sure that it gets on the calendar. Mm-hmm. You know, add 
songwriting to it. There's some things that are going to not move from that calendar, and that might be your weekly team meeting or your weekend services, obviously, or your rehearsal. Mm -hmm. That's the stuff that has to get done every week. But this kind of extra stuff, like writing a song or working on your album, you have to put that on your calendar for sure to get it done. Anything else stand out? Yeah, um, he talked about team building a lot, and one of the things he said that really helps is songwriting. I was thinking, how many huh. worship teams could just benefit if they made a two, four-hour block someday and just like, today we're all going to write a song. And right. it may not go anywhere. It may not It may not even anything. be a good song, yeah. Yeah, it may not even be a good song, but just how that could build your relationship with your team, how it could build your team's focus on worship and where you're at uh, with God. Yeah, there is really something cool. about creating something together. Yeah. And that becomes a very like bonding team experience. I don't think it even has to do with how great the thing is that you're creating. Right. It's more of just that you're taking the time to like do this activity and, and build something together. You know, you're like problem solving together and that builds connection. I mean, if, did you ever watch Lost, that yeah. TV show? Yeah. So like they're constantly just problem solving as mm -hmm. a team. That's a bad example though because they all murder each other, don't they? That's true. <laughs> Still. But they're all But Okay, solving. wait. How about Amazing Race? Yeah, there you go. Although those people also want to murder each other sometimes. <laughs> I need some better examples. But doing an activity and problem solving together can really help a team feel, you know, tied together. and For sure. In, in ways that other things can't. Yeah. And maybe the song will become something. Maybe it'll be the first step to your album as a church. And you had no idea that your church could even do that. Yeah. Right. Um, so that was really cool. And that kind of goes with what he talks about. You might not have a budget or a label or even like a blessing from your church to go do it. But if you feel that you should be writing music and you feel that you should create these songs and that's on your heart and you've wrestled with that with God, go for it. Yeah. Uh, he talks about just like maybe they never leave your phone and they're just voice memos on your phone. Um, but maybe they become right. something. Right. And that was really cool. All you got to do is just get your feet moving mm -hmm. and God will take care of the rest. Yeah. You know, like put it in God's hands and all we have to do is really our part. Like just <laughs> get started. Mm -hmm. Start doing something and, you know, let God push the song around the world if if that's what needs to happen. Yeah, that's like so many things in like the Christian walk. Just like, just take the step of faith, stop yeah. making excuses. And then if nothing happens from it, at least you tried and right. stepped out in faith. Yeah, there's not much to lose there. Yeah. Anything sure. else stand out? Yeah. Um, he talked about how songs can have personal value, uh, which was really cool. I think oftentimes we think about how we want to write songs to be famous or... We want to write songs to like impact our church in great ways. Um, even if maybe we're not famous from it, but like our church could be famous or our church could make money or our church like will sing it and everybody will be singing it every week. Um, he talked about how you can lower your expectations a little bit for that and how songs can impact just you. Mm -hmm. Maybe you write this song and he talked about one he's written and listens to all the time, but it's never been played in church. It's never been played by anyone else but him but it points back to a specific time in his life and helps him remember how he came through it and how he grew in his relationship yeah. with God. I think that's a great reminder for all songwriters. That, yeah, songs don't have to like be the next How Great Is Our God yeah. to be important. That like, even if it's a song that no one ever hears, it's still important because it's something you wrote and it's just between you and God. And, sure. and that matters. And I think that 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 alone, I think, could be and should be a motivating factor for songwriters just to keep writing. For sure. You know, God gave you a gift and you should use it to communicate to him. Maybe that's why he gave you that gift. So that's like your way of connecting with God. That's unique. But I thought this was an awesome interview. And this has been a great year. Yeah. 2018. 
I wish we had some little uh, kazoos or something to blow right now. <laughs> little party poppers. But it's been a great year. We've had tons of interviews, tons of podcast episodes. Yeah. And we've got a lot of exciting things planned for 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast, if you enjoy it, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any suggestions, interview ideas, anything you'd like to hear, email us at podcast at loopcommunity.com. And if you also enjoy listening to this podcast, make sure you subscribe because that helps us out big time. And leave us a review. We read every single one and it means a lot. But as always, thanks for joining us on the Loop Community Podcast. Derek, I'll see you in 2019. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to the Loop Community Podcast and have a happy new year.